1: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun
0: than should be legal.
2: Elliot, we're going to have another great show today. Just one beautiful woman, but that's enough when you have this woman on.
1: I would say she's more than enough woman for the two of us combined.
2: What a career Angie Dickinson had. I mean, she started before I was born, but she just went on. She has to span 50, 60
1: years in Hollywood. An incredible career. I'm old enough to remember her from her movies before she landed the role on Police Woman, which is probably where a lot of people first remember her from, and that her away from the camera life was even more incredible uh, you know with the likes of frank sinatra and uh, rumors of uh, president john kennedy and uh, lots of other other guys involved an incredible woman with an incredible interview that you and i were fortunate enough to have with her
2: let's get right to angie
1: dickinson the biggest thing to come out of column north north dakota i think that's safe to say angie dickinson how are you today
0: well i'm fine thank you very much you know Cullum. Uh, is, uh, is a little town in North Dakota where I was born. And uh, when I was five or so, we moved to the big town of Edgeley which was 700 people. <laughs> and uh, And I can only say that they certainly gave
1: me good roots. Did they have movie theaters in either one of those towns?
0: I don't know about Cullum because, as I say, I was four or okay. five when we moved, but uh, in Edgeley, oh yes, we did, we did, we did. Uh, because I, I now remember my daddy was the projectionist <laughs> in Cullum, <laughs> but we were too little to go to movies. But then, when in Edgeley, uh, he did the same thing. He was a publisher. Uh, we had this the town, the small town newspaper, and so they had many jobs. He was with the fire department and and he did the screenings and so we went to lots of movies whenever they came in Edgley
2: How did you end up moving to Burbank? Uh,
0: Thousands and thousands of people moved to California to get jobs in the airplane factories mostly aircraft factories like Lockheed because the war broke out in 41 and so in 42 we all flocked California uh, to get jobs because um, life was awful tough uh, in states like North Dakota. So what was, I was like? Ten, ten, I was ten years old when we when we moved uh, yeah. to the big city.
1: What was the big city like for you? Well, how how was that adjustment?
0: Well, I I hated it at first because we came by train and it was in June when school got out. And uh, and it was one of those foggy nights uh, that we that we have, and I hated it. And we went from one city to the next. We went from Los Angeles to Glendale to Burbank, and never stopped watching houses go by. So we were just our our mouths just dropped open.
2: Did you always want to be an actress, or did something like did the bug bite you later on?
0: Um. I always, I always wanted to be a star, and my two sisters would tell you that's for sure, because <laughs> uh, I was always, uh, you know, uh, well, if, if you can't play my way, then you, then I won't play, and um, and so I was always, a, uh, you know, we put on plays for the for the town people and things like that. So I guess I did.
1: Now, I see that at one point you wanted to be a writer. What sort of writer would you have been?
0: Did you get that off of uh, Wikipedia?
1: Is that accurate? Yes.
0: No, it's not accurate. Okay. Uh, a lot of things are not accurate, by the way, on Wikipedia. So, um, but well, you that's... can't get a change. It says I also <clears throat> have a degree in, in writing. And my sister said, when did you get a degree in writing? <laughs> I said, since Wikipedia said I did. <laughs> Uh so, um, uh, uh, no, uh, it was one of the few things that even appealed to me slightly when I was, you know, uh, going on to college and I didn't know what I wanted to be yet and what I wanted to do. But I did not want to do what everyone else did, either raise kids uh, and a family or be a nurse or a teacher. You know, that's what it was in the 50s. So, um um, I just got lucky, and I was kind of a show-off, and I entered a few beauty contests just for, uh, to make the day more exciting, and, uh, and I, I, I really got bitten by the bug.
2: Did your husband support your decision to be go enter beauty pageant? Uh, my,
0: my dear, sweet husband that I never should have married, poor soul, he got me, and it, we were as mismatched as uh, frogs and rabbits. And so, um, uh, you know, he he had really no choice. Uh, he was a football player, and and um, and he didn't have the kind of drive that that I had, and all of that, and and just was a, a very sweet, sweet man, but not a lucky man, and he couldn't get jobs or anything. So he supported anything I did. My parents, when I told my mother I was going to be an actor. Uh, she said well how will you pay your bills i said i'll I'll manage i'll manage so she supported it but but was reluctant and fearful that i would uh, uh, be on the streets
1: so so you get noticed by uh, a tv executive at the beauty contest yeah who says says you ought to to be an actress
0: Uh, he called um, me at work i had a job i was a secretary and he called, assuming since I was in a beauty contest that I was an aspiring actress, he just, you know, that's usually who, what you do it for. Right. And um, I said, uh, well, I can't, I, and I was one of the winners. And he said, do you want to be on the show uh, this week or next week, whatever it was. And I said, well, I can't act this is a true story. That's how dumb I am. I said, well, I can't act. And he said, well, you don't have to act on this show. Do you want the job or not? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And I, I went and and I walked into the rehearsal hall. I've told this story so many times. I don't want you to think I'm that senile uh, that I didn't know that I have told it many times, but it happens to be the truth, so I'll tell it again and I walked into the rehearsal hall as assigned at three o'clock on a Thursday, and there was Frank Sinatra singing with Jimmy Durante. And uh, pow, you know, I was just hitting the in the gut, saying, "Well, this is for me." Uh, the you know the arena of show business can be so wonderful. It's the camaraderie and the you know exercising your brain and your talent and whatever. And it was just such a wonderful atmosphere that I said, i got to go to acting school and see if I can act. And if I can, this is where I want to be. There's my story.
2: Don't worry about saying that about you never acted before. We talked to Jerry Van Dyke several months ago, and he told me that last year him and Dick were meeting with TV executives to pitch a new show. And Dick looked at the head of ABC and said, you know what the problem with TV is? There's too many commercials. (laughs) <laughs> and Jerry goes, looked at Dick and said, are you out of your mind?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know Dick very well, and he's so wonderful. I don't know Jerry, but I know Dick, and he's just great, speaking of that.
1: So you, you met Frank Sinatra on the Jimmy Durante show? Yes. And so after uh, Jim, after Jimmy Durante says, sings Inka Dinka Doo... And says, "Good night, Mrs. Calabash." How soon does oh, Frank Sinatra? how great!
0: How great he closed the show every night with the "Good night, Mrs. Calabash." Right. wherever how, you are.
1: How soon after that did Frank Sinatra say, "Hello, Miss Dickinson"? Uh, pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, anyway, you we don't have to go there.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> but he was uh, he was enchanting. He was he had not yet won the Academy Award the movie was just coming out from here to eternity and uh, so he uh, so I got him on a high
1: how was the transition to becoming an actress taking the courses uh, learning to memorize lines things like that did that come easily to you
0: no memorizing doesn't come easily to me easier than some but but not like you know like uh, (laughs) Brad Pitt or or Edward Norton, but um, uh, the thing is, um, I when I went to the classes, my, I, I felt the instinct that I was okay and that I could function in this world. I was not trying to be a star. I wanted to just be an actor in this theatrical unit, uh, this theatrical world, and I saw that I did have, I, I had enough. To, uh, to keep working at it and going for it as a career.
2: When did, Frank, when did Frank approach you to be in Ocean's Eleven and play his wife in that movie? Uh,
0: well, in '59, late '59, is when they started that, and I was under contract to Warner Brothers, so uh, it was kind of uh, a da, but Sammy Davis told me that he is the one who suggested me to Frank for. Playing his wife in the movie, and Frank said, "Oh, that's a gas." And uh, and I was under contract, so Warner Brothers said, "Okay," and Frank said, "Okay," and that was it.
2: I'm surprised Sammy didn't push Kim Novak. Or was that before he had um, the relationship with Kim?
0: Uh, well, Kim was at another studio, and oh, okay. the part and the part was too small for her. But, you know, she was a she was a pretty big star. Uh, when was Picnic? Do you have a date on that?
2: I can look it up for you.
0: Yeah, because uh, I think it was the 50s, late 50s. Or no, then I'm off on my story. No, that's right. That would be about the time. We were 1959.
2: 1955 was Picnic.
0: Oh, all right. So there you are. So uh, She was already, you know, that was a, a huge lead, and she was a major star. So she there's no way she would have... Uh, um, wanted to be in Ocean's Eleven, all would fit there because that small part. If you put too big a star in, they just throw the balance of the movie off.
1: Now back then, you had Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. You had Kim Novak. You had Jane Mansfield. You had all all these bleach blondes. How did you come upon the hair color that that uh, champagne? I believe is what it's called.
0: Oh, that's nice. Well, I, I call it butterscotch. <laughs>
1: Okay, that sounds good too.
0: Yeah, that's one of my pals calls me Butterscotch all the time. We've we've been friends so long it's now Scotch. <laughs> that's Chris Erskine, he's a writer for the LA Times and he's great. Um, the thing is, um I did a move I was brunette for Real Bravo <laughs> and then uh Howard Hawks, who made Real Bravo, one of the best westerns ever made. Um uh, sold my contract to Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers had me testing. This is a whole story, so you edit all you want. But uh, Warner Brothers had me test for the part uh, and I got the part and they said, well, now she's brunette and so is the lead, Barbara Rush, so we'll have to change her hair. So they breached my hair and and it worked. I liked it very much.
2: What was it like to do Ocean's of Eleven? I mean, you had... All the biggest stars in the world in that movie. You had, like you said, Sammy Davis. You had Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop.
0: Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. It was a laugh a minute. Uh, very hard to concentrate because they were always goofing off, and uh, and they were playing. They weren't acting, and uh, of course uh, the legendary shows that went on. At night, after shooting all afternoon and into the evening, those shows were were devastating. Uh, you know about them, the Rat Pack show <laughs> that that uh, that they performed at night at the Sands after shooting uh, all day uh, on the movie. They were just uh, on a on a giant long party. <laughs> I went to that show nine times because it was the best ever. So it, what was it like? It was a little like heaven.
1: What was Rio Bravo like with, uh, with John Wayne and, and Howard Hawks?
0: Well, it was uh, fantastic, to say the least, the fact that I got the part. Uh, was uh, unbelievable uh, for a newcomer, but total, almost total newcomer. It wasn't even four years since um, the um, Jimmy Durante show, uh, and that just you know doesn't happen. But it did, and uh, it, we had a lot of a location, as you can see in the movie, and it was so hot. It was Tucson, Arizona. And it was so hot. I mean, I saw the thermometer read 127, and I am not lying or senile. (laughs) Uh, It was so hot that we didn't, you didn't sit around and talk. You just hovered around the air conditioning if you could find any, because we were on location, as I say, and... Except for the few generators that they had for the lights, they tried to give us a little air conditioning. So it was not a um, a social affair. It was um, desperation to stay, uh, you know, in in uh, um, in makeup yeah. uh, to stay sane. Uh, uh, you know, several people fainted from a heat shock. So so uh, we didn't. So my point is. Uh, except it, it does need explan- an explanation. It was too hot to socialize. All, you just you just gasp for some cool air between scenes, and of course you rehearse and you uh, rehearse and you rehearse, and then you shoot and then you shoot and then you shoot under lights. <laughs> so it was uh, not a, a place where we got to know each other, and then um, and then in town. You know, it. Uh, I was brand new, and I had a big job, and I didn't have time for chit-chat. My whole time on the set was uh, trying to get it right, and, and Duke could not have been more patient with me.
2: I heard from be- Roman Gabriel told us, uh, the former football player, he was in a movie with John Wayne, that John Wayne actually thought he was a cowboy.
0: Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, and he was, you know, Duke was not uh, full of John Wayne at all. He was just uh, so, uh, so quietly uh, pleasant. You know, he was a Gemini, so Geminis are very, are open, free, wonderful, you know, people. They're socially very desirable. Uh, but he was a, a major Republican. And I was a major Democrat, <laughs> so uh, but he was John Wayne, the Republican, and uh, so I also steered away from any conversations about politics because I would never have been want- wanted to go up against him. So uh, so we were we had a lovely time, but we we never got and he had a girlfriend and I had a boyfriend, so we never got romantic. But that's something I kind of regret.
1: I can't imagine it being too hot or too cold for Dean Martin not wanting to socialize.
0: It was. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, dear. I just remember. I think John Wayne was still married then, as a matter of fact. So, But you know what I'm saying. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, the set was very uh, comfortable, and it was... A, a joy, but it was not a party like Ocean's Eleven, where they pulled pranks on each other during the day and lit stink bombs under the the billiards table and things like that. It was serious business and uh, and we made a great movie.
2: <laughs> you were mentioning politics didn't Frank Sinatra get you involved in politics when JFK was running for president?
0: no uh, no he he didn't He introduced me to the president to the future president. Because uh, the President the uh, Senator Kennedy was in Las Vegas. He c- even came to one of those shows, and that's where I met him in the in the lobby of the Sands the first time in my life. Uh, no, so Frank did not get me involved any more than he got us all. Uh, you know, you follow the leader, but I was already um, a fan of uh, Senator Kennedy. I had read his book. I uh, even remember meeting his sister, Patricia Lawford. Duh, there was Peter Lawford. Right. We were playing poker. And uh, they they came to be in the poker game one night, and I had already known Peter, also from the Durante shows. And I said to Mrs. Lawford when I met her, I just said, oh, I hope your brother is the next president. And she said, oh, I hope so. <laughs> or, oh, we'll see, you know, something like that. But, no, I was a fan uh, of him, and I, as they I say, I was a Democrat my first time to vote. I made sure I voted for uh, Adlai Stevenson. So I was already, you know, kind of uh, uh, a typical Uh, 60s, typical early 60s person.
1: uh, I I I believe you're a Democrat
0: wanting to change the world. So go ahead.
1: I, b- I believe you're quoted saying that you never knowingly dated a Republican. Is that true?
0: <laughs> yes, I, You know, I did say that, and I said it sincerely, but I did not mean it to be funny. <laughs> and it, is, it is funny, and, and it is true. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're a strong Republican, you don't hit on a Democratic chick. <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. So, uh, and as they say, the, um, the, the, as, as great as Eisenhower was, uh, we were all, you know, we were very young and, uh, wanted a change and not just change, but good change. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't Frank, but Frank certainly was part of the leadership of, of wanting it even more
1: could could you feel your career taking off or was the fact that you were under contract just sort of made you sort of a, uh, a surf to whatever studio owned your contract?
0: Oh no, I never felt that because they couldn't stop you on that. I even went to Jack Warner and, um, and he, uh, I, I don't remember why he asked to see me something. And I, oh, I, I asked if I, I was under contract. So I asked if I could leave, uh, take a, Uh, you know, leave the city uh, in case they needed me. And he, I said, I'm sorry, I'm a Democrat, um, but, uh, you know, it's nothing personal because he was a major Republican, as most uh, studio heads were, you know, and most Mm -hmm. studios were. Big business was Republican. And he said, "Uh, no, it's okay. And he he, uh, pulled out uh, something, I don't know, a, a letter or a newspaper, and he said, Frankly, I donated to both sides, <laughs> so that was very, very sweet of him. And he didn't mind that I went off and campaigned for President for Senator Kennedy.
2: You acted with uh, future Republican President Ronald Reagan in his last movie, but was he yeah. a de- was he a Democrat then, or before he turned in his in last his movie? His last movie, uh-huh. right.
0: Uh, was he a Republican? Was he a Democrat
2: then? Before he became oh, no, a Republican?
0: He was, no, he was a Democrat before, the, and long before that. Oh, okay. Uh, he was Republican. Uh, uh, well, I don't know when that happened, but he, when he was running for uh, governor, he was a Republican, and that was in in '63.
2: What was he like to act with?
0: Oh, he was very, very nice he couldn't have been he's a very sweet gentleman as you can tell and the nice would fit him perfectly um, and very uh, you know uh, calm, cool and collected and very, very pleasant you'd want him for your neighbor
2: <laughs> so he couldn't convince you to vote for him for
0: president? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I didn't uh, <laughs> No, I didn't hang around the Republican group to have him do that. I, as a matter of fact, didn't meet him again until uh, until he was president. Uh, I don't know when he became governor, but it was around, uh, around 65, something like that. Um, and then I didn't meet him again until he was in the White House.
1: When you were auditioning for roles, who was your competition?
0: Uh... Well, I don't, you know, you usually don't know that. Uh, but I do uh, know that Karen Black, they wanted for a policewoman. Uh, not Woman, but the show that became Policewoman. Policewoman uh, came out of a police story episode. And you, again, I'm not senile. I know I have told this many times. The last episode of the first season of Police Story, a great Uh, a show on cops Um, and um, and it was the last episode and um, I found out that and so while we were shooting and they saw the dailies uh, they saw the film that we had shot each day. Uh, they said, "Hey, this could make a, a, a series." And I said, "You know, get away from me." <laughs> and uh, and then the wardrobe people told me that they they had tried to get Karen Black. I found out through the makeup department or somebody, and uh, and I got the part. So uh, in that case, that was my competition. N- little knowing it would lead to Police Woman, I just took it as a single episode uh, job.
2: Because Ben. And- Go
0: ahead. No, otherwise, uh, I I don't even know. I was never in competition with Tim Novak or anybody like that.
2: Because back then, there weren't many, if any, shows with women as the uh, lead character.
0: No, not in uh, drama. Nothing in drama. They were all comedians or or half-hour shows like Loretta Young did half-hour anthology shows and things like that, but never had a... An hour-long uh, prime-time um, show in in network television, starring a woman. When NBC uh, came other to you, other than, mu- other than musicals.
1: Yeah, when NBC came to you and said we want to do *Police Woman*, your thoughts? Oh, I said no way. No, I said, are you kidding?
0: Uh, so uh, they they said, well, when they finally came back to me and said, well, tell us. What you could live with. And so I told them if I was off at six o'clock each night, I could live with that and I wouldn't go on location because I had a, you know, I had a child. And, um, and so, uh, they accepted what I accepted, but <laughs> we forgot about night shooting. So <laughs> six o'clock PM almost turned into six AM. Every Friday night you went. You went, over, you went to midnight, because at midnight, it goes into golden hours, it's called. It's triple the, the, the fee for the crew. And so um, I got. I ended up working a lot more hours. Than I would never do it again, had I known.
2: Did you have any say in the plots or the wardrobe that you wore?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you, your, your actor has to have a say in the wardrobe. I mean, well... I suppose if it's Billy Wilder, you don't, but uh, this was television. <laughs> and I, if I would say, oh, I would never wear that, they would say, okay, throw that one out. No, that's all it took. But, um, yeah, and I'd say, well, that's too risque, or that'll do, whatever, uh-huh. And that's a really, I had about 10 changes a show, and we did 92 shows, so you can imagine. It was it was not fussy. We Everything was fast and furious. It's a horrible profession.
1: (laughs) I remember the show well, and I I remember you as being, at least from my perspective, extremely sexy and beautiful, and there's no way around that. Did did you have to guard against trying to be too sexy or too hot?
0: Yeah, we did have to watch that, definitely. And he still got me, and the producer still got me into the shower a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but we uh yes you know this was the first female and 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 female cops were little known and they were they were there weren't very many and and we rarely saw them and that was cops uh, in uniform i was undercover and so you, being undercover you, we still don't know when we're seeing them so you have to blend in that's the point of being undercover of course and so uh
1: what was your question did, did you have to tone down uh, the sexiness? Yeah,
0: yeah, that- yeah uh-huh. and so, well, also, also it was prime time. Uh, it was a net, net network, and they had their standards and practices, as you know, and uh, they always tell you what you can do and what you can say. Uh, we could not hold the gun. To the, in the shot, you could not have a gun and the head that you were aiming at in the same shot, for instance standards and practices would watch that overly sexy stuff if we hadn't but we were smart enough to know better we okay. we did it with good taste i think
2: i remember i'm 42 i remember a couple of the episodes my parents would be watching it but my favorite show growing up when i was in preschool my mom couldn't believe i said that was johnny carson you were on that show many times
0: what was john <laughs> yeah.
2: what was johnny like
0: yeah, I, you're right, you know, if you're 42, you have to be, you know, have to be at least 40 to have known about my show at all. I've been off the air, what, 38 years or something like that. But, uh, Johnny was wonderful, the best and the funniest and the coolest cat ever. He was a very quiet man. Uh, when he was off the air, he was very, very quiet socially. You couldn't get him to talk much. I'll tell you a story I haven't told. Go ahead. One night we were sitting at a party and it was raining so hard and the party was in Beverly Hills and it was kind of a cloth, a canopy like, um, canvas, you know, so the rain was made even more noise and we were sitting there, and I said, I hope you don't have to drive all the way back to Malibu in this rain. And he said, oh, I hope not. <laughs> so
1: he was, he was so dear and so funny. Oh, god! Now, on, on one of the shows, he asked whether you dress for women or you dress for men. And you said, I dress for women. I undress for men. Yes.
0: How totally, did that get? How the that that? Totally, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, never planned. It was never thought about. Uh, it came. Uh, his question. I. I don't know if he. You know, they prompt him with. They give him some questions in case he goes dry. Uh, all of them have right. something to fall back on, uh, so that they don't. They don't get a big lull in the show, as I'm sure you also are aware. And if they don't have it, they, they should have it. And so I don't know if the question was there or not, because he said, what are you wearing? Uh, what is that? And I said, I think it's called a hostess outfit. Um, again, I'm not a fashionista, as anyone would tell you. Um, and it was kind of, uh, you know, 60s or 70s. That must have been 70s. And, and uh, caftans and pants and all that were in vogue. And I said, I think it's a hostess outfit. He said, tell me, you know, do you dress? So I think that came out of the conversation of just talking. And then I just answered uh, uh, what I answered. And, of course, it was a gem.
2: (laughs) We're going to take a short break, and then we'll get back to the interview Ellie and I did with Angie Dickinson here on Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.